Hello, everybody. Welcome to SLP's Wine and Cheese. I am Deborah Brooks. And I'm Maria Katsonis. And here's our podcast for the Realistic SLP. Welcome, everybody. This is our first podcast ever. And we are going with Complete is Better Than Perfect. We have tried to have two microphones work. We have only got one. So we are rolling with it. Right, Maria? Yep. Just going to talk the way we naturally talk, and there just so happens to be a microphone here. Exactly. So our goal here is we're going to talk about the life of an SLP during work hours and also before and after, and pretty much everything that led us here, and, you know, however we feel about each day or our lives in general. So you're welcome. And then go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no worries. Uh, We're also going to obviously drink some wine and cheese. That's the name of our podcast. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk about the delicious wine and cheese we're having. And also, in addition, we're going to have tips and tricks. And these are going to be tricks and tips that you can use right here, right now, or your next time you're in your sessions. Like tomorrow, because we're not trying to give you like some nonsense that you need like a ton of equipment to do or like preparation. We're just going to say, this is what works for us. Maybe you could try it tomorrow with all of the skills that you have on your own person. No color coding. No, no, no. you don't have to laminate, print, buy everything. Yeah. So let's start off with our first segment, which is our wine and cheese segment. Maria, take it off. All right. So we're drinking Barone Fini. I hope I'm really pronouncing that the right way. <laughs> I apologize if I'm not. So it's from uh, 2015. It's Pinot Grigio. It's dry wine. It's produced in Italy. And uh, what we're paired, pairing it with is mozzarella and calamata olives. So I said that the very fancy way. I don't even know. Is that how you pronounce mozzarella? I mean, I have no clue. I can't stand when people are like, mozzarella. I'm like, it's mozzarella. I feel like that's how I just said it, though. Yeah, well, well, you're fancy. You know Greek. I don't know any other language. I know a little bit of Italian. I know la donna da cire. That means the woman decides. Oh, I like that one. Yeah, I mean, that's why it stuck with me. I also know Mi Piace La Spiaggia. I know Mi Piace is I like. Yeah, I like the beach. Oh, okay. This way, when I was in Italy, I was like, I don't know anything else, but could you point me in the direction of the beach? That works. Mi Piace El Vino. Is that right? Oh, yes, I like the wine, too. That was another, that was my next phrase that I know, so I know that that was my third. And another one I know is no bisogno, and that means I don't need. And that's what I say to people when they offer things to me on the street in oh. Italy, no bisogno. <laughs> Which, oh, I, gotcha. yeah, I certainly say it wrong, but it does translate, like they get it. All right, whatever works. Mm-hmm. And that's similar to our podcast, right. whatever, whatever works. Whatever works, yeah. You know? So we found out the acidity of the Pinot Grigio pairs well with mozzarella because it's like a soft cheese or whatever. So we're just going with this guide, and uh, we like it. We do recommend, I think we recommend Pinot Grigio with mozzarella. I definitely recommend it. And this wine, it only retails for like $10. I feel like you cannot go wrong with $10. Yeah, it's not bad at all. What do you call fried squid? Oh, uh, calamari. Yeah, what what is that? It's calamari. It's not. <laughs> it is. It's calamari. It's I don't know why. But I think Italians <laughs> drop the I. They call it calamari. They like calamari. They're yeah, like, like, when it's they, like old wheeler. Like, yeah. like, what's going on there? I'm like, it's calamari. <laughs> or they it's like it a, the, the C to like a G. Yeah. What, what Italian translation has C as a G? Like, C is usually like, a CH. They're like... Like, chivo is food, and that's... C-I-V-O or something, Chivo. So it would be like, it should be like Chalamar. Do we need phonetics right now? <laughs> I don't know. Like, what's, are we going to give like the Italian Goldman Fristo? Okay, Chivo. Chivo. Chivo is, that's food. I think so. If you're Italian and you're listening, write yeah. in. Yeah, please help us here. Cause we don't have an email yeah. yet, but we'll, we'll get on that. Find a way to contact Write that down. <laughs> we need an email. All right. Okay. So, uh. Just about the wine. So do we say drink it or sink it? Um, I think we say drink it. I say drink it too. Drink it. And then for our plan is in the future, if we don't like the wine, we'll say sink it. But that also means drink it anyway because it's in front of you and it's our only option. But then just like don't get it again. Right. Mm-hmm. Use what you have. Yes. Right. So the next thing we're going to do, so I'm just going to talk, we're going to talk a little bit about ourselves so that our listeners know who they are listening to. 
So I am Deborah, and I am obviously a speech pathologist. Perhaps some of you follow my Instagram. It's at Deborah Brooks CCCSLP, where I post videos of myself doing speech therapy. Um, I uh, graduated from undergrad in 2010 with a bachelor's in communication sciences and disorders from St. John's University, Queens campus, and then. Um, I made the very difficult decision to go back to St. John's for grad school in 2010 to 2012 for my master's in speech-language pathology. Um, I guess I just didn't feel like making any changes in my life, so I just went straight through. Then I, um, after that, I started my CF just shortly after. I think we graduated May 13th. 2012 and I started my first day of work June 28th 2012 so I started right after and I worked at a, uh, a clinic in Park Slope called Park Slope Communication Center and that was a fine experience um, I didn't have a tremendous amount of supervision but I did work in the office next door to me had a clinician, Rebecca, who I'm still very good friends with, and she was, uh, like, she guided me a lot through things that I struggled with. And then after that first year, I changed to City Sounds of New York, where I have worked in a tremendous amount of locations. I couldn't even start listing them off right now because it would be too long. And um, I'm still with them. And that's my professional background, pretty much. Take it over. All right. I'm Maria Katsonis, and I have a similar background. So I also went to St. John's, but I went, my undergrad was in Staten Island. And I, again, you know, didn't want to change too much. But realistically, I got a grad assistantship, and mm -hmm. I was like, all right, you're going to pay for me to go to my master's? Great. So I went to the Queens campus. Uh, I worked as a grad assistant yeah, for... Yeah, you made, like, every right decision. I oh, made every right. wrong decision. Okay, well... So, like, yeah, so everyone used me as a guide for what not to do and Maria the guide for what to do. Thank you. Take that. Take that. Thanks. For that case, I'm going to take a sip of wine. Yeah, on do it. So I was lazy and I stayed. I paid full price. She <laughs> got a job right. and got paid for. I worked at a comedy club every night and I spent most of the money that I earned after every shift. Okay, yeah, I'm not. So, so anyone who's listening and they're in grad school, uh, maybe don't do that. So I mean, if you want to, go for it. But I actually did work. While I was uh, doing my uh, undergrad and grad, I worked for a child with autism as like a home rehabilitation worker. And honestly, that really did help me uh, and still does still think about a lot of the lessons that I learned. Well, I learned there. a lot in my job in That's speech true. therapy. I was a waitress, so I had to feed people drinks, and I watched them become progressively disabled. And then I had to communicate with them. Right. So... You know, you did that, yeah. and I did what I did. Also, yeah, comedians speaking. are public speakers. That, I like this point. Yes. I know when you bring this up. Yeah. So, I mean, I just cut off your whole, like, That's background okay. info, though. But, I'm like, having a calamata olive. <laughs> which sounds well, like well, calamari. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, I'm not trying to get into comedy right now. I'm just saying we all learned things <laughs> along the way. Yeah, that's yeah. true. No, that's true. We all, you all learn from every experience. I'm a true believer of that. So, yeah, similar to Deb, I uh, went to the Queens campus. I was a grad assistant. So if anyone's looking into grad schools, definitely apply for grad assistantships. If you don't know what that is, it's pretty much you're a, I don't want to say a slave, but you do what they say because they're going to pay for your master's. Mm -hmm. And what I did, I actually had to drive like a 10-passenger van into the city, and we did... Um, a lot of charity events for homeless people and just anything oh, they wanted me to do. That was sweet. Yeah, that was good. Good for you. Thank you. That was nice. I didn't do that. I mean, they made me do it, right. so. But, like, <laughs> you did it. Still. I did do it. So that's good. I did not drive a passenger van into the city to do help homeless people, but I would have if someone asked me. Right. I would have I would have done that. Or just said, hey, we're going to pay for your master's. Right. I was like, it. sure, you want me to drive a helicopter? <laughs> yeah. Just, is there an online course for that? Is it like the video games? <laughs> Do I get a controller? <laughs> but, exactly. 
I also, though, you said, like, you gave that advice that if you are in, if you're applying to grad school, you should apply for a graduate assistantship. I want to let everyone know that I, too, applied for a graduate assistantship, and no one wanted me. Yeah, because, like, although I've been known for a lot of things, like, that are positive, I was never really known for my administrative skills or, like, the ability to keep myself organized, let alone another professional. Listen, that was not my forte. I'm pretty sure I was like fourth pick, but listen, you never know, <laughs> right? You get, you apply and you try your best. And if it happens, it happens. It doesn't, at least, you know, you tried your best. That's it. That's all right. you can do. Right. Um, so now yeah. I wanted to take the opportunity for us to talk about what we remember about each other because okay. we went to grad school together. That's I don't true. think we've mentioned that. That's no. how we know each other. I'm going to mention where I worked though before oh, yeah, Let's work backwards. Mm-hmm. It's called, what is that called? Back bootstrap? No. Backtracking? Backtrack. Let's backtrack. Sure. Scaffolding. I'm going to go. <laughs> There's something, a fancy term for that. Whoever knows that one, just let us know. Yeah, write uh, us in on yeah, our email that we don't in. have yet. <laughs> So, uh, I too have an Instagram account. I'm not as famous as Deborah, but I'm tra- <laughs> trying to be. Uh, so, my name is Maria underscore Katsonis, K O T S O N I S S L P. I have to spell it because it's Greek. <laughs> anyway, so I, um, I work also in New York City, uh, specifically in Staten Island. I work in a public school, a District 75 school. And, uh, that was my CF, so right out of grad school, I started working for uh, the school system. I don't regret it. I'm very happy in the school system, especially District 75. And once I got my C's and my New York State license, I branched out. I did. I still do uh, early intervention, home care, an outpatient office. So I work with all different ages, from babies to even adults, and uh, all different nice. types of disorders. So I'm very happy. And then going back to how we met in grad school. I'll let well, wait, now I want to go back to what oh, you God. said before. So, like, the majority of my caseload is delayed okay. and disorder, but, like, I am not in District 75. Right. So the majority, of my, my, the majority of my caseload is, for the most part, typically developing. Okay. And Love all that. I do is, like, supplement the curriculum so that they right. could be in the least restrictive learning environment. It's like the kids who just need a little bit of a mm-hmm. push, a little extra, so a little help. Oh, the dog's eating that, our outline. Is that RTI? Yeah, I mean, people like to write that down yeah, a lot. I hear that a lot. I'm like, yeah. what is that? Because all my kids need speech. Yeah, yeah, basically all my kids are failing everything. Uh-huh. And they're like, how come they can't speak, read, or write? And then they, like, send them to me. But, like, a lot of the times it also could be lack of exposure rather right. than delay or sure. disorder. Um, or like some sort of environmental factor mm-hmm. or personality thing or an undiagnosed issue. Um, but I only, this year, currently, I only have one child with a severe brain injury, okay. and he's showing like a tremendous amount of progress. That's In great. past years, I've had worse um, cases, but this year I do not. How do you like the change from like having typically developing... Well, I mean, I never got into this thinking that I was going to work with the severely disabled population. That wasn't really what my number one dream was. And I used to, in the beginning of my graduate studies, I used to feel guilty about that because so many of the girls in the uh, program would just be like, autism, 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 we love right. autism. Right. And I was like, please don't give me anyone nonverbal. <laughs> okay. I can't figure out the podcast, let alone an AAC device. <laughs> but I then when I started to work with that population, I did find a place for them in my heart. Right. Do I think that's where my number one skill set lies? No. I feel like I could see you working with kids like this because, I mean, I, I work with kids on the spectrum. District 75, for anyone in New York City knows, these are the most severe kids. So I have a lot of nonverbal kids with devices, pretty much the opposite yeah. of Deborah's kids. Yeah. All my kids don't yeah. stop talking. I'm constantly like, hello. <laughs> it's only me. Turn taken. <laughs> yeah. But then I also like... Sometimes I guess I'm in an aspect of speech pathology that people think is like a glorified English teacher. And I Uh think that my goal in this podcast and also the 
the Instagram that I have is to kind of like debunk the taboo of that because I do think that speech pathologists yeah. really do play a major role yeah. in literacy and um, all of those things that people kind of downplay and they're like, I have a master's in I communication. Yeah. I am kind of one of those people. Yeah? <laughs> yeah? Yeah, because when I was applying for jobs, I did interview for general education or they're called community schools. And I did an internship in my undergrad at a community school, and I did feel like a drama, uh, drama teacher. I guess, in a way, drama teacher. Yeah. But I did feel like a glorified English teacher, and we're just studying for the ELA. And once I did my externship, my graduate uh, degree in uh, School for Children with Autism, I was like, wow, this is what I want. Like, this is when I feel like I'm really being a speech therapist. Mm-hmm. But... I will say that it can be a little draining I, I don't at times. Know how to use two microphones. Cool. So, yeah, uh, it can be draining, but you gotta know how to stress relief, and uh, that's kind of what this podcast is about. Step one: wine, stress relief. Yeah. Step two: yoga. You know, and you know, you have to kind of know when you need a break and all that fun stuff. But um, yeah. He I, just came yeah. in. He, yeah. likes, he likes to always, you know, just come in and say he, hello he during. Who Mike is, well, he, I think anyone who follows me on Instagram knows who Mike is. He just always pops up. He did, he, okay. you know, he's a great guy, but he came in to see Are if you we. avoiding the question of who he is? Oh, Mike is my boyfriend. Okay, okay. He, um, you know, a stand-up comedian extraordinaire. Okay. Uh, he, I was hoping he would be a little bit more of assistance during this podcast. I was too, actually. I yeah. was like, oh, great. He's going to just, and we walk in and we're like, nope, you're on your own. Yeah, because he's doing his own podcast in Similar the living room. to the school system. Maybe. Yes. Right. Exactly. Let's just relate all this back to speech. And that's what we have to do as speech pathologists. We just have to be like, well, these are the cards that we've been dealt, and we will just do our best. That's I agree with that 100%. Yeah. But so what I have actually learned when I get people asking me questions about uh, severely involved cases, mm-hmm. um, the, the quickest thing that I can tell anybody to do, because like, you have to understand, often people will, like, come to me and be like, I have somebody who's struggling with X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't know this kid, and I don't right. know what they like. I've never seen them. Right. And, like, I can't, you know, this miracle solution that you're looking for does not exist. But I do find that all of these nonverbal kids, if you hand them something, they will take it. Oh, not always, but okay. For the most part, anyone that I've worked with, for, okay. the, for the most part, like, they'll take see. it. And okay. then you just need to give them a job to do with that. And that's your first segue into, like, following directions and starting the receptive language. Okay. So that was what I did with the kids that I, if I ever was really significantly struggling with what to do with somebody... I just knew, like, if I handed them something, okay. they would likely take it from me, even right. if it was just, like, instinctually. And then I worked to teach them to do something with that So, thing. like, following directions. Yeah, so, like, for instance, okay. I had... Object manip- manipulation. Yeah. I had, um, I used to use Verbal Me. It's a free app on the iPad. Oh, okay. And, um... It's just free, and it has, like, yes, no, good, bad, and then red, yellow, blue, green. And then I had these blocks that were red, yellow, blue, and green. And then I would put four mason jars out once we got to the highest level, and I would hold up a block, and I'd be like, what color is this? And then they'd have to hit the color on the iPad. Mm -hmm. And then I would put one of each in each clear mason jar, and they'd have to pair it with the right color. And that was always my beginning activity to use with anybody who was nonverbal, who didn't already have a device. Which none of my kids ever had a device. Okay. Well, (laughs) speaking from someone who has a lot of kids with a lot of devices. Yeah. um, Okay. I mean, you can definitely do it that way. My biggest thing is when I had, when I first started at the site that I'm at now, uh, I had a lot of little ones coming in and they really didn't understand the function of language. So mm-hmm. I put them all on pecs and that's what I feel like really changed everything for them because they have to learn that I do something, I get something. And this is how I'll explain it to parents. So right. it's not that your child with autism won't, doesn't know or won't know how to communicate. You have to teach them where a typically developing child, they have that innate ability to learn language oh they point you know they ask for it and they get it where a child with autism you have to positive reinforcement oh i pointed i got it i exchanged a symbol with you i got what i wanted so you have to teach them the function of language there has to be that um, immediate natural motivator right so like yeah so 
I took a course at ASHA that was all about the intrinsic yes. motivation. Well, you know, like, that sounds so I went to ASHA like this text, year. You know, text, picture exchange, communication system, and you're like, Whipping out the ash already. Well, listen, it was in LA. <laughs> oh, well, I, I have been, no, I have had my C's for five years. I have not gone to ASHA. Then I find out ASHA is in LA and I'm like, well, it's very important that I go work, right. work. Don't you know that I will be the best version of myself <laughs> if I take a week off and go to California? <laughs> That's true. So, it's all for the kids. You always yeah, totally for the, for the kids. I did it for the kids and not at all for the sunshine or the time off of work. But I learned cool things there, and there was this course that was all about the natural motivator mm. and that it has to have a direct connection with what you're aiming the child to say. So it was for, like, severely yeah. nonverbal clients, and you want to make sure that, like, whatever word that you're teaching them has a direct relationship with them saying it. I have heard something similar. I think I think it was actually my CF mentor who said that she heard or she read somewhere to not, even though we we're kind of guilty of it, to not teach just more. Because what is more? You want more of what? Right. So te even if it's just signing, ASL, just signing more, don't teach them to sign more necessarily, right away at least, because they're going to just go around asking for more and more what? What are they asking? Right. So I, my first, when I was a CF, I had a student nonverbal. Everyone tried AC with him, and, you know, I had the tough class, quote, unquote. I mean, I love these kids. They were all nonverbal. Mm -hmm. uh, they all had devices. So I teach him to sign for music, so I had to learn to sign for music. But eventually in class, he was just always signing for music. <laughs> yeah. So they had to always redirect him. And they're like, Maria, he's always signing for music. I'm like, all right, well, he's telling you that yeah. he wants music. Like, he is. Speed it up now, yeah. guys. <laughs> this is boring. Where's the music? <laughs> so that's how he would communicate, you know, with sign. And he actually was doing a lot better with sign mm -hmm. than with pecs and just signing for more. So what's your first step when you start doing pecs? First, where do you yes. start? Where do you start? Well, YouTube has some good videos oh, if you're okay. interested. Like, do you type in where do you start with pecs? You don't write that. You write <laughs> pecs phase one. And you actually need three people. So it would be good if you had, like, the teacher or the parent or a para or anyone. Mm -hmm. um, so what you essentially do is the speech pathologist is... Or actually, they can interchange the positions. But you have a pick. You have to also take an assessment of what's highly motivating for them. Mm -hmm. So let's say you have like three items and you present two and see which they grab for. And then you switch it up and oh, see okay. which so, like, you, you take that. Like a block, a Thomas and a chicken nugget uh -huh. and put those three in front of him and see which one he like grabs first. Yes, Got it. Okay. Exactly. Step one. And then you switch it a few times. It's called the interest inventory. Oh, you so then Google wait, it. do you, do you maintain the choice or do you eliminate that choice and then replace it? Well, you ro rotate those three options. All three. Yeah. All three get tossed. Yes. So how, how many that. cycles of this do you I do? Think it's like 10 or 20. Oh, okay. PEX is actually part of ABA. It's part of applied mm -hmm. behavior analysis, so everything's like 10 trials right. and okay. stuff like that. Um, so you take what they're interested so in. So you probably need 30 ideas. 30? Whoa. You said nice. 10 times and three things each oh. time. Oh. I know math. Yes. No, I was like, whoa. <laughs> Not like particularly 10 times each exact item. We could just Google the like, interest Like 10 inventory. rounds of three. It doesn't have to be that much. Oh, it could okay. be like those three or mm -hmm. four items intermittent. Like one okay. and four, and then two and four, and then three and two. Okay, so, so you take this like interest that. inventory, yeah, so interest and then inventory. you get you find out what's highly motivating, and right. then what? You make pictures of those things. Right, so then you make a picture of that one or two things. Let's say you're going to work. Let's say the kid is highly motivated by Thomas. Yes. So then you have the Thomas. Just training. a very realistic yeah, example. <laughs> Everyone's going to like Thomas. Everyone's like Thomas, yes. I, I, I can't I stand Thomas. Thomas. I mean, like, who is Thomas? Why is he so important? He's creepy looking. <laughs> he's creepy. Yeah, he looks like, I don't know, like he looks like a nun a little bit. <laughs> like he's just eyeballs and a mouth with like this whole headdress. <laughs> but I'm it's a train. I'm Catholic, so I feel like oh. there's some, like some interesting like back in the day. Is that like a little traumatic? 
Well, no, I went to Catholic school. Trauma. I I went to Catholic school, but like there weren't any nuns. But I guess I heard nun type stories. So if I had seen a nun, I'd be like, "Uh oh, this person might beat me with a ruler." But Mm -hmm. I have heard like they don't do that. I mean, I don't know. But But they they did that. Stern looking. He's a very stern. Oh, Thomas now, not the nuns. Well, nuns are stern. <laughs> I think, that's, that's well, similarity. they're doing God's work. It's if very we serious. Venn diagram between <laughs> <Yeah>. and <laughs> they're both very stern. Yeah, right? they're very useful engines. Useful. Well, okay. well, Thomas is an engine, but I don't know. I know. Let's segue back. So Just don't past. forget, this is a podcast where we drink wine. Right. <laughs> Obviously. But again, okay, so now speech, I came, so. we came up with our our ten things we're motivated by. Now you're right. going to make pictures of those ten things. Right. Uh, not ten things, but like two. Uh, ten oh. trials. Okay. Ten trials, two things, mm-hmm. two or three things. Yeah. And then you have the item. So let's say it's Thomas. So yeah. the child is standing in front of you. You are going to hold up the Thomas. And mm-hmm. as they reach for Thomas, the person who's standing behind them is going to guide their hand to touch the symbol, help them pick up the symbol, which is Velcro to a binder or just on the table. Hand over hand. Hand over hand and hand that to the SLP or the other person. Uh And then they hold up the symbol and Thomas and they say, Thomas, and give Thomas right away. Right. You don't have to have the child say Thomas. All they're doing is pretty much picking it up. Pairing the word with the... Yeah, so they're pairing, oh, I took a symbol, I interacted with you, Mm -hmm. and I got something. Wow. And you'll be surprised by how quick these kids learn, oh, I pick up the symbol, I get something. But, like, are you sure they're like, oh, wow, I got something? Or they're like, um, I'm trying to get this train, this woman handed me a piece of paper. (laughs) It's not even what I wanted. You know what, this is what I always (laughs) say when people are like, does he really get what you're teaching him? And I was like, listen... How am I going to prove otherwise? Mm-hmm. Let's just do this. It's working. And let's just hope for the best. So that's right. if a parent or, you know, or someone does say that to me, I just say, listen, what other option do we have, right? We're going to keep pushing forward. We're going to keep trying. And honestly, it really does work, Pex. It really, and I've seen it work. I've tried it with a kid who was like three. I had him like in early intervention. He was the summer of him being three. And it was a little too soon. He wasn't really getting it. But now I still communicate with the mom, and he's in preschool, and he's already on phase four. So, and I was like, I knew what he was going to get it. Like, I tried it with him and, like, early intervention just to kind of expose it to him because he wasn't making as many sounds and words as I hoped. Right. So I was like, all right, he needs another mode of communication. And mom was like, I don't know if this is going to work. And I was like, listen, mom, we're going to try it. And she was open to it, and now he's already at, like, phase four or five. Have you worked summers? Like, have you gotten random cases in the summer that, like, you didn't see at all, and then they gave them to you in the summer, so you only have them for three months? That happens yes. to me every summer. Yeah. Oh, Except really? this summer, I'm going to say no. Oh, I'm not working this summer. I'm either. not going to. Well, We're I'm part-time. Working, time, but I'm yeah, working but... part-time at a nursing home, but I'm not going okay. to do, do CPSE or anything. Wow. I hope. That's well, exciting. T- today I decided. Good for you. Yeah, so I like I that. I decided today I'm not Cheers going to. Cheers to that. Yeah, cheers. Cheers. Yeah. cheers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was a loud cheers. Well, we're in Brooklyn, so we're using the yeah. same car, so it's fine. Okay. And by the way, I'm a Staten Islander, and I came here, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm in Brooklyn. That's <laughs> all so I'm going to say. And I'm like, am I, my car, is, there, is there a parking lot for me? Like, no. She's like, absolutely not, Maria. No, and I'm like, no. okay. There's lots of street parking. So, so yeah, I found a spot. My question for you is, okay, so, like, I saw this one boy who had, like, mm-hmm. parents from heaven, like, dream, wow. picture-perfect parents. All parents are from heaven. All so. parents? Okay, so these ones were, <laughs> like, the specialist part of, the most special part of heaven. Okay. And they were, like, so on board, so supportive. Yeah, they were VIP heaven people. Mm-hmm. And they, the first time I saw this kid... They whipped out this gigantic binder of just, like, a bazillion pictures, Velcro. I was like, I am overwhelmed. I can say no already to that one. So, big thing about... I guess we're talking about AAC now. So, a big thing about... Yeah, we're going with it. I get A big thing about AAC, and I do have to say, one of the pros of working in the Department of Education, no, they're not paying me extra to say this, (laughs) is they have a lot of support. So, if anyone who's looking... Because, like me, uh, when I graduated from with my master's, I was, like, a nervous wreck. I kind of always am a nervous wreck. But I was like, do I want to work with kids? Do I want to work with adults? And 
someone told me in the hospital, like, oh, if you work with kids, you're not going to use your brain. I was like, oh, I want to use my brain. And, <laughs> you know, and then I spoke to someone else, and she was like, no, you absolutely do still use your brain with kids. All right, so you, I definitely still use my brain. Yeah. Don't I know use which, my brain, too. Yeah. We all I use, use my brain. brain every day. I mean, I I'm like using my brain right now. Right. Extra hard because you <laughs> have to push through the wine. Anyway, now we're good. And my dog's chewing the table. Your dog is... But that's is, fine. We're going to throw this table He's seeking some sensory input from the table. Well, he's teasing. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Let's try a massage. Let's try a Z-Vibe. <laughs> <laughs> I use I do, use Z-Vibe all the time. Z-Vibes are good. Z-Vibes could pay us. If, you, if you're if you from Z-Vibe oh, and yes. you want us to talk more about Z-Vibe, I, um, I use Z-Vibe all of the time because even... I think that it's very important to increase sensory input in yeah, order to trigger true. a motor response. That's true. So, like, so many people be like, well, do you know that non-speech oh, movements God, don't speech. carry over to <laughs> speech movements? And I'm like, go back to school. Obviously, you enjoy just being told what to do, and you never formulated an opinion on your own. Okay. I'm just going <laughs> to reiterate that we're, doing the Z-Vibe is not necessarily a non-speech no. order more oral motor movement. I hope I said that right. It's providing sensory yes. input. So yes. ask the OTs. The OTs yes. will agree with you. I was like... Increasing sensory input. Everyone's like, everything oral motor has no evidence-based practice. Sensory. It's, sensory. it's sensory. But then also at the same time, like, you need to understand that, like, like let's say there's decreased sensory information right. there. So we need to put it in there. It's like if your foot falls asleep and you're stomping it on the ground, you need to be like, hello, foot, you exist. I require you to walk. I like that analogy. Yes. I feel like I hope someone wrote that down because that's a good one for a parent. <laughs> no, because you know, you got to like yeah. sometimes explain it to parents that way because they're like, like, what is this, a vibrator for my kid's right. face? Well, I mean, like if they want it, let them do whatever. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Oh. But I like so many people like if you look at the way kids stim, it's important right. to look at how they stim. If I see a right. kid who's just slapping himself in the right. chin, I'm like, he can't feel his chin unless he punches it. Right. That's what he's doing. He's like, do I have a chin here? Just like if you couldn't, if you woke up and you couldn't feel your arm, mm-hmm. you're going to wave it around right. and like hit it because you can't feel it. You lost sensation there. So he's trying to right. naturally See. increase sensory input in order to trigger a motor response so that he has control over himself. Right. Where I he feel is like we're definitely going to have an autism episode. So oh, let's yeah. like. Okay, we have to. Yeah. Uh, so but, we, we totally skipped yeah. over the part where I wanted us to talk about how we met. How we remember each right. other. Right. We're going to go to that. I just okay. let me finish up my uh, my pecs. So oh, my yeah. pecs was good. And the AAC just wanted to go back to how you had those VIP parents yes, about the VIP 800 oh, yeah. symbols. Too much. Too much. And that, again, those symbols were all nouns. I don't recall. Okay. But it was, there was. If it was nouns, it was all of the nouns. Right. And I remember... <laughs> it, was a, it was a dictionary <laughs> of nouns. I just remember being like, I like, like I always am like, mm-hmm, absolutely. Not yeah. a problem right, right on top of that rose. And in mm-hmm. my head, I'm like, well, we're just going to have to figure this out. Right. We're going to have to <laughs> way to make us both happy with this. No, that's true. Uh, so the thing, the thing with AEC, if it's all nouns, then essentially the kid is just labeling... So he does not need a symbol for pen, for cup, for paper, all those things. I mean, what's the difference between exchanging and pointing? He's still labeling. I want this cup. I want this. Mm-hmm. What The whole point of AAC is to communicate, not just point and label things. Right. So he should have had some symbols in there like go, right? Because then he could have go outside. He well, could he have. probably did, but then it was like, so I have to like flip, 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 right. go, flip, yeah. flip, flip, At park, that point, flip, he needs flip, flip. Dynamic. Or even right. static, and you change the boards. I mean, I don't know how old this kid is. Or at, at the, the time, time, he was. It was the summer transitioning into kindergarten. Oh, he's young. Okay. Yeah, he was little, and everyone was just like, you know, they were testing the waters. They're trying. Right. He also had like a, an ABA therapist, and then like a bunch of ABA assistant oh, therapists. Wow. So he had a whole yes whole team. And um, you know, we just played with dirt and uh, shaving cream. But the, okay, so that's great because that's sensory play, yes. right? Come on, make everything sound fancy. Exactly. That's sensory well, play. Yeah, so it's relevant thinking, to the environment. It was motivating. It's motivating. What yeah, else do you was, need? I was trying to at that point. I was trying to aim for. I wanted him to associate me with with like pleasure. 
you know, right. with like a pleasurable experience. Right. And then I also wanted to stimulate him in a way where like he felt that he was taken outside of his own head. Because I feel that my own personal feeling about this population is that they spend the majority of their time in their head, yeah, and they're there's full effect. Autism means it's a Greek word. Obviously, I'm gonna have oh, it's a Greek God. word. It's gonna be like yeah. I forgot that we have um, like the the dad from my big fat Greek wedding here. He's like actually arachnophobia. Everything is Greek. <laughs> this comes from the Greek word about yourself. So you're right. Yes. yes. They're, yeah. they're in their own world. That's the. Loosely translated, very loosely translated. Right. Yes. And they're just, they're just not, they're simply not motivated by the things that we are motivated by. And they don't hold right. themselves to the same social standards that we do. Right. So while Marie is constantly a nervous wreck about <laughs> if she's doing this right, if she, yeah. who's thinking what, or turning, whatever. Turning 30. Yeah. Just throw that in there. <laughs> Am I paying for this first date? We'll talk about that later. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, we have to move on from speech yeah. soon. But um, they just, they don't, the beautiful thing about autism is that they don't share these stupid social demands that we do. They don't care. They don't. They're just like, they're, they're fine. Like, well, I don't want to say they're all, like, make a gross generalization, right. but they are happy within them, uh, themselves, and they don't feel motivated by doing things for the sake of others. Well, I actually have to debunk that, I think, because mm -hmm. I'm reading this interesting book. I think mm -hmm. it's called Uniquely Human. I want to say it's by Barry Prezant, and I remember we had a textbook by him. Oh, yeah, that's did. Yeah, we did. I didn't buy all the textbooks. I feel like I did, and I'm selling them on eBay. But <laughs> now, now the kids that are in their grad system just rent the books. Less clutter. Anyway. Or just be friends with uh, very <laughs> on top of things people. You yeah. know, like me. <laughs> He was saying that they do have that desire. They just have that body and brain disconnect and that they don't have, like, the skills and the, the tools to do that, to have that connection with Yeah, people. but do you really think that they're like, do you think that they, people like my shirt? Like the way oh, we right. are. Like way That's we, what I'm saying. Right. Like, no, no, they don't care. They're, right. not, they're not trying to please people right. for the stupid things that us... Right. I guess because we have the social pressures right. to fit in and yeah. Okay. And there's why fit in when you were born to stand out. Exactly. So I had to say that. Yeah. It's just no, it's true. It's true. Time. And they're they're they embody that. I mean, hey, that's a good lesson to learn from them. them yeah. Then, especially for me. Anyway, right. just going back to the AC, and then we could like switch off to speech. Okay. Um, Do I just keep cutting you off? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you know? 62 times now you've been like, anyway, like I was saying anyway. before, Deb rudely interrupted. No, no we're good. We're okay. good. Uh, the thing about the kid with the nouns, and I'm assuming they were nouns and labeling, and who knows who was like, let's have, you know, 10 different symbols for a uh, pen. You know, there's mm -hmm. this pen, and then there's the this pen, and, uh -huh. you know, all that. So that's just labeling. You want the kids to communicate with AAC, so you want to have verbs. Right, so you want to have like go, make, you want to have um, pronouns, right? Like I go, you go, and you could have a whole conversation with just some, you know, some nouns, some verbs, some pronouns, um, and then you can get more complicated colors, and then they could request a color. I want the red train, or I like the red train, where they're commenting about mm -hmm. it. I like it. Um, so, again, the purpose of AAC is to communicate, not to just sit there and label. This is right. the pen. I want a pen. Here, let me have the pen. Because then what's the difference between PEX and, the, the, and a binder with 100 symbols? Because PEX, again, is teaching them to the function of communication, and then PEX gets more in-depth with the four, fourth, fifth, and sixth phrases where they'll comment and use sentences. But, again, so you... Just to wrap it up, you don't want to just have the child labeling. That's mm -hmm. the biggest thing that I've learned about AAC. You want to teach them concepts to communicate. Turn-taking, like, I like this, um, you go, I go. Um, yeah, just just don't sit there and label. Is, so is that it? How would you, like, exemplify 
while I'm asking you this question, okay. can you open the door and let my paranoid dog out? Sure. Um, how would you exemplify? Open. There we go. Oh, oh yeah. We got a device in. So, open door. Open right. door. And now this kid have open and door on his things? Probably, but like 72 pages apart. How am I going to find that? Exactly. And so in in the like spontaneous. And, and, and attic door. Like, right. Kid's going to request the attic door. Like when I get yeah. these devices. Yeah. I get like, Dad, today I saw it. It was like. Dad's email. I'm like, really? Like, is he like, like, I like Dad's email. Like, no, you know. So, more is not more does not always mean better. Right. Yeah. Less is more. I yeah, think. Less is more. Yeah. I feel like what I meant to say. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. This my this dog here in particular is very indecisive. He just doesn't like barriers. He likes to be able to choose to go in or out. So that's why he's gonna still stand here Giving whining. A choice. That's yeah. also important with kids. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> okay, so I wanted to talk okay. about a little bit. So, like, Maria and I both talked about how, like, we went to grad school together. We were actually clinic partners. That's right. So here's oh where I want to talk about, Pulling like, um, our perspective and, like, what we remember about each other in that part of our lives, if we can, like, bring ourselves back to it. Yeah. Um, but maybe if we want to close that door, just get yeah. this dog out. Get out. Oliver, leave. Aww. Leave. Oliver, <laughs> Go out. Go so out. Simple words. <laughs> <laughs> You're good. She's doing speech therapy to my dog. All day, every day. Yeah. Um, so what I remember about uh, Maria while we were in grad school. So we were clinic partners, and we were also, so like, when we started the grad program, they kind of like, it wasn't like regular college where you take classes scattered. Everyone yeah. did it all in the same group, kind of. Like, we had the same schedule. Right, yeah. So like, we were clinic partners, but we also had like all the same classes, too. Right. And I remember... St. John's, just going back. We were both in, like, very serious long-term relationships. Oh we were pretty convinced we were going to marry these I people. Was. Did we? Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm so happy that didn't happen. But were... Was it a... So, like, was it a difficult transition? Oh, my God, yes. Because yeah. I felt... It, I broke up with my ex at the time. Well, no, he's still my ex. I broke up with my boyfriend at the time, right when I was graduating, right when I didn't know... One, I didn't know... If I should work with adults or kids, and I was like, should I even live in New York? Should I just move to like Hawaii? Yeah, <laughs> I've actually been thinking about a change of scenery too, but we'll talk about that too. We'll do that on another episode. Yeah. We've got more episodes. Yeah, we got so, so yeah, so we were both in these like long-term relationships. Thought we're gonna marry these guys. Totally yeah. did not happen. We're both pretty grateful for it. Like, yes. I'm not like I don't hate that guy or Neither anything. Do I. Neither yeah. Do I. There's some others I hate, but not, oh, he's sure. not one of them. For sure, yeah, but not him. He's fine. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so now we are – so then we're clinic partners, and right. um, I would like to say, I mean, I feel like I get a lot of um, positive feedback and a lot of wonderful, kind words are sent to me on a daily basis due to my Instagram. And I would just like this podcast to have Maria shed some light on, like, all of my imperfections and how... Oh, no, I don't want to do well, that. Well, I mean, I certainly was not the per... Like, I am not and never have been a perfect person. I am well, not. perfectly imperfect, right? Well, even so, was I even perfect at being imperfect? <laughs> you were perfect at being imperfect. Yes, you were. I would, I'll say this for Deborah. She was definitely... The creative masterminds when we shared the student. I was like, I don't know. I was just going to play this board game. She's like, no, but we can bring popcorn, remember? <laughs> yeah. She brought popcorn, and she's like, I have a popcorn machine. I'm like, you do? Sound. Oh, right. And the, the popcorn machine, I thought, made that sound a bit. <laughs> and I wanted to be motivating with the popcorn. Yeah, I forgot yeah. about that. Well, the kid loved it, and yeah. I was like, great, because... Because I was going to just play this game that just so <laughs> happens to be in the closet. But Deborah was, like, being all fun and her comedian. I was sitting there taking data. Which I felt, like, totally describes who we are as Yeah, SLPs. yeah, yeah, for sure. Wait, do you take data every single session? Not every single session, but do I take data every single day? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like, I... Don't sit there. I take data, like real data, like once a month. Wow. It's, it's okay. We're fine. Okay. Yeah. I take that, like real data once a month. Every day I say to myself, did they do it half the time? Did okay. they do it less than half the time? Did they do it more than half the time? Did they do right. it most of the time? And then if it's less than half 40, if it's half 50, if it's a little more than half 60, if it's most. I feel like you should slow down and say this again. This is a good type. Oh. This is good advice. So if, I so I that. say, if they did it half the time, like let's say we're labeling pictured actions and we're using the appropriate pronoun with 
the copula verb to be so is like or are. She is running. She is running in the present progressive ing. So right. the goal is the correct pronoun, the right to be verb is or are, and the progressive uh, present progressive verb. PLS five much. <laughs> Maybe. I, I don't do assessments. Oh, okay. I, oh, okay. I don't evaluate. Oh, okay. I hate that. I'm not going to write really? papers constantly. Are you out of your mind? That's the least interesting part. Like, I, when people come to me and they're like, oh, well, he has a standard score of 70, I'm like, oh. I'm <laughs> like, okay. That is below the mean, by the way. I yes. love assessments, actually. We are such opposites. Yeah, we're so opposites. I hate anyway, it. Anyway, I love assessments. You're like a detective, and you're like, hmm, what is the issue? Yeah, but I, I think I've, I, I like detecting. I have diagnosed four people this year with tongue tie, which has been not seen by their physicians or wow. any educator, educator prior to me. you got to be careful with tongue ties, though. We have to bring a guest. She's like a tongue tie expert. But by the way, uh, because they can mess up the tongue tie position. I know an SLP who had to bring her son four times for the tongue tie. And yeah. I always look at the jaw. Is the jaw moving um, laterally or up and down? Not and then well, not appropriately. Yeah. And then it looks like a tongue tie, but it's actually the jaw. But well, only thing that I can do is bring to light something that I see is impeding their ability to produce a sound. True. So if you cannot elevate the tongue to produce the L phony, right. and I notice that you've got a piece of tissue there that's anchoring right. your tongue down, right. then I'm going to be like, well, I think that perhaps you should right. go to see and you should. Yeah. A, a doctor. Right. And then the doctor decides. Right, that's good. And that's you're, it. You're so, yeah, I don't say anything. Right. I'm just, I, just, I just say enough. That's good. But right, so going back to the deck, oh, yeah. I felt like that was a good So thing. like it she so let's is. say I have ten pictured actions and it's just uh, either he, she, or they. Mm-hmm. And then I um, I'm going through all of them. Right. And if they can say it if they can say half of them independently and I maintain the same ten. I don't okay. go switching things up and confusing kids constantly. We, right. we stick with our same ten. I see. So if they That's say good. it half the time, 50%. If they say it less than half the time, 40%. If I'm pulling teeth and I'm modeling and I'm repeating, uh-huh. 30. I don't give really anybody less than 30. Okay. Because <laughs> it just means, like, I'll put 30% with max models, prompts, and cues. Right. It's like, why did you even do this goal yes. if you have exactly. less than 30? Exactly. Yeah. So, like, if, it, if, if I'm, like, sweating blood and tears and they eventually say it, then I'm, like, 30%. Right. Um, if it's a little bit less than half 40, that means that we've progressed slightly past 30%. 50% is, like, half the time. That's what I'm, like, aiming for mm-hmm. in the beginning. Once I get 50%, I'm, like, we got it. We got okay. 80. It's coming. Because once I got 50, right. then I know that it's there. So all right. I have to do is repeated exposure of target behaviors, right. and then they're going to do it. So then once I get to 50, if they're doing it a little bit more than half the time, and they only need, like, an initial phonemic cue, right. um, and usually they only need, at that point, they only need the cues to say shh for she, uh-huh. and they need the, pro, the um, copula, the is or are. Um, and then it, once they start getting it independently and they only start making dis- mistakes, then it's like 70%. Okay. And then if they're doing it because we, we learned it, 80. And yeah. then once they do it completely independent, 90. And all of my speech therapy goals are 85% accuracy, not 80. Interesting. Since you mentioned going to ASHA, I'm going to whip this one out. Uh I was reading the ASHA journal yesterday. Uh The one with the toothbrushes on the cover. I just threw that out. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, it's in my recycling If this is not SLP real talk, (laughs) I don't know what is. (laughs) You know what? The the toothbrushes got me. I'm like, what is this about? Toothbrushes? I love toothbrushes. I gave those away as prizes at school. I like that. Everybody who learned Nothing Gold Can Stay by Robert Frost got a toothbrush because I'm like, seriously, Nothing Gold Can Stay. Take care of your teeth. What is Nothing Gold? Yeah. Nature's first green is gold, her heart is hued to hold, her early leaves a flower, but only so an hour, then leaf subsides to leaf, so even thanks to grief, so dawn goes down to day, Nothing Gold Can Stay. And it's wow. by Robert Frost, and he's saying nothing, especially that which is beautiful and perfect, can last forever. Wow. That's, that's especially sweet. your teeth. So the yeah. toothbrush... So they were all like, like, oh, what's this big prize we're going to get once we learn this film? And I just gave them toothbrushes. Wow. You're nice. I just, like, you're lucky you got a sticker. No, they were all <laughs> disappointed. But then they oh, were, okay. like, they all just thought it was so funny that it was it was actually the best prize because they were so disappointed that it was just such, a, like, a loser prize. Aww. <laughs> that they just loved complaining all day that, yeah. like, 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 it was, like, trick-or-treating and I gave them a toothbrush. 
Yeah, like when you got pennies back in the day. Yeah. When people used to go trick or treating. Mm-hmm. Just anyway. Yeah, hardly that doesn't happen yeah, here exactly. anymore. So anyway, yeah. So in the Asha Journal, oh, yeah, what it, say? it was saying how there are certain goals that you want them to meet a hundred percent, and then some that eighty is okay, and something like vocabulary and uh, pragmatics maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly. Uh, or 85, 90. So that's good. So you're yeah. getting with the times. I only write 85, but all my people get to like 90 or 100. Wow, that's good. Yeah. And then also... It has to just right. be like, so they're doing it, they're doing it, they're doing it, and we moved on. And especially like an ADL goal, activities of daily living. Yeah. Uh, someone told me this. Like if you're going to write... I mean, I don't know who, which speech person person would write this, but let's say they did. Like cross the street, 100... Like that one you want 100% accuracy. <laughs> yeah. Like, like want to cross the street. 100% accuracy. Like, yeah. <laughs> want to get in an accident two times, like not yeah. even once. So, no. so there are some goals, and ADL being yeah. one of them is hundred percent. One time could do you in, right? And that's not what we are aiming for. Never, no, never. Mm-hmm. I'll just okay. So that's how you take data, and then and then once a month I take serious data where I'm Whoa. doing the check mark check marks, and then it'll, so it'll be like, um, and I don't even do it on the same month of the yeah. I don't even do it on the same day every month. It's just that, like, I'm like, oh, I did it in May. I did it in April. Okay. And I just have, like, the same. I actually have data trackers on my website if you wanted wow. to look at them. That's... But it's, like, I have all WH questions, and I have all the phonemes and all the positions of words at the phrase and sentence level. And so I just write, like, the month in check or X. Wow, that's, that's, okay, so then you definitely take data way more complex than I do. See, I do a little but, a day. A little less, a day yeah, keeps the data do, away. And I don't do that. I don't do that at all. I'm, most of the time, I'm just going, going, going. And then it's like, kids like to be asked questions. It's like a trivia game. So I'm like, say right. this, say this, say this, say this. And okay. then they're just like, okay, 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 okay. But I'm, I'm in the, mo- for the most part, like my therapy is mostly like just, going through it and finish like getting things done and then i write back this is the best advice i'm going to give to anyone here's oh are we going to get to our tips and tricks section yet we already did yeah so our professional career cf to current i'm just going through our timeline so the next thing is we're doing is tips and tricks so let's get on board with this so what i wrote down was that i was going to do rhyming analogies this is a good one which are super super helpful to me super Mm -hmm. helpful to me i just had i just glided um, so, <laughs> so I will do things like for uh, antonyms and synonyms. I will be like, um, gloomy is too dark as playground is too park. Oh, wow. Because playground and park mean the same and dark and park rhyme the same uh, or rhyme. So it's a phonemic awareness skill as well as a um, semantics nice. And analogies, I think, are also cognitive, too. And yeah. It's a cognitive aspect. Yeah. I try to make sure, like, all of my therapy targets metalinguistics. Wow. Because I love metalinguistics. I love metalinguistics, yeah. too. But maybe See, I should that's do our... more metalinguistics. Yeah, I love thinking about language. Somebody just crashed into the door. Leave them. No. Okay. The dogs can... I have two dogs, and they're, like, mine and my boyfriend's children. They're just rough to... Interesting. And then... So my other right. so I have rhyming analogies. That was a that was a synonym one, and then an opposite one would be like, I do opposites for younger kids and synonyms for older kids mm-hmm. because it's easier right. to find an opposite than it is for a synonym. Right. So opposites would be um, stop is to go as yes is to no, in is to out as smile is to pout. Um, I was gonna say shout, but that's oh that's no, it doesn't mean the same though. Right, you have to think about it. Yeah, yeah, and um, mm-hmm. how about uh, what is it? Moon is to sun as boring is to fun. Yeah, I like that one. See, I think that's cute. Yeah, do you um, have visuals with that? I drew them. Yeah, yeah. I don't sell them because I haven't. I have one that's like some. Uh, well, listen, hey, we're working smarter, not harder. Yeah, draw them during the session, right? No, during, I. Right? I have them all drawn. Right. But oh, I have okay. one that well, says, say like, didn't. happy is to sad as calm is to mad. And it's, like, my ninth page. And my mad face is so ugly that I never scanned it to put it on my website because I need to redraw that page. Yeah, but you could have the kid draw, too. 
Because they're going to yeah. say mad, and then they should draw mad, right? Have some visual, and if they create yeah. their own visual. But if I was selling it as a coloring book, right. it can't look like trash. Like, no. that's what my stuff looks like usually. <laughs> I'm just saying, if yeah. you wanted to do this, let's say. Yes. Tomorrow, right? See, do it tomorrow. Do it exactly. tomorrow. Do Bust it tomorrow. out some crayons, some paper, mm-hmm. loose leaf, whatever, a napkin, whatever you find to write on. Right. And start drawing the analogy. Exactly. Right? I'm going to, while you're Which talking is, about yeah. your stuff, I'm going to... Um, oh, the other tips and tricks that I was going to mm-hmm. talk about. So I love rhyming analogies, opposites for young kids, synonyms for older kids. And then the best trick that I could teach anybody is to remember this. Maria oh God. responded positively to speech therapy oh. and made expected progress towards goals. Right. She answered what questions regarding a story with 70% accuracy with mild prompts and cues. I was Future told I have to use the mild, moderate, or whatever. I was told I have to. You have to say the level. This is the issue. Yeah, speech. ridiculous. Issue number one. This so, is an outrage. Exactly. So with mild, model prompts and cues, future sessions will target improving expressive verbal output. Actually, Astrid Journal did talk about that. They should say, you should say, like, how many, like, with no more than three cues or no more than five. So right. Go ahead. Oh, that's so annoying. Like, how much time do you think that I have in my day? So then I guess, <laughs> so do whatever Maria said in, right. in my sentence. But that's right. what all of my session notes look like. So then it will be like, Deborah responded neutrally to speech therapy. She made partial progress towards goals. She required, oh, so like the next line I forgot. She actively participated in all activities presented to her. She required redirections and cute, like how many redirections in order to actively participate. So like I use, that's my, that's my paragraph for every single session note. That is a lot. You don't say like, Deborah responded positively to speech therapy and made expected progress towards well, goals. She thesis. actively participated. Is a drop down yeah. So like oh, if okay. I'm so if I'm writing it down, I put I took that from CSIS oh, right. and then I write that in my CPSE oh, okay. notes. And if and I take that because I'll I have like a word document by month that has all my typed notes really fast. So when I do CSIS, I just copy and paste it in there. Oh, okay. You can't. I take it from my oh, Word okay. document, right. and then I paste that in there. Because sometimes thesis doesn't work, or the internet doesn't work at school. True. And when, how am I going to put my note in there? Right. I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. Does anyone have the answers? Do you have the answers? <laughs> anyone have the answers to that? Um, so those are my, okay. that's my, I don't know if, if my tip is good, but like Maria said, I think she said it was 80% accurate. I liked your tip. I thought it was good. I like that it has the metalinguistic concept to it. And analogies are great. And I know the PLS five. No, I was talking about. Oh, my, I thought we were talking paragraph. about. If I say like oh, like okay. that's my tip. Just you know, if you're if you're constantly like, what do I write in my session note? Oh, if you okay. have a script, then you can just keep writing oh, yeah. it over and over again. Work smarter, not harder. Yeah. that's my line. Yeah, by the way. exactly. I just say that? work smart, not hard. Okay. But I like yours too. Okay. Because we still want to work hard, and we still want to work smart, but just not a little extra. We don't want to be extra about it. We want to just do right. the right amount, you mm-hmm. know? Okay, so my tip and trick uh, is inspired by my uh, day today. So I, ha- I actually had a cover for another SLP who is Russian-speaking, and I am not Russian-speaking, so I had a lot of Russian-speaking clients today. <laughs> and, you know, I warned them. I said, you know, I'm not, I don't speak Russian. I obviously speak English. I said, and I was like, oh, I speak Greek, too, but that's that's not helpful. You know, I said it was like a joke, a little icebreaker. <laughs> New parents to me. I was like, that's not anything good for you guys. And they're me. like, and this girl thinks this is a joke. <laughs> I, one of them got it. She, you know, she, <laughs> not, she didn't get it, but... So, uh, two parents actually seems a little like, you know, a little tiff that I didn't speak Russian. So, but, and they, you know, which was helpful, uh, told me the sounds that, uh, their child has a hard time with. And I noticed, I guess Russian has like a, like, not like a, like in garage. It's mm-hmm. like a little extra. It's like, I don't know what it is actually, to be honest again, cause I'm not Russian speaking, but mm-hmm. the one they pronounced it it looked like they were like retracted when they said it but they said it like so i was like okay so when they said that i was like i'm not gonna work on that sound because i don't know what the correct lip position is 
But I did know that there was a shh that the, both children, actually, ironically, couldn't do shh. And they were doing it as a s, right? So they were retracting. So my trick is for overly, for, for protrusion. So if your kid is doing an S for a CH, look at their lips, right? They're probably smiling when they should be blowing a kiss is what I said. Mm -hmm. So I busted out the mirror and I showed them what their lips should look like. Uh, if your kid doesn't do well with the mirror, you stand next to them in the mirror. And I actually on hand had some sensory sand and had them, uh, you know, look for the seashell. And I just kind of used a whole bunch of words like that. And the good phrase is like, show me. I just use a whole bunch of phrases in the mirror, like keeping it simple with the yeah. mirror. And look simple. at and bring the kids' awareness to their lips. Because mm -hmm. uh, a lot of times we're like, listen, listen, listen. And a lot of times these kids don't really, can't really tell the difference between sh and s, such a slight difference. Yeah, I but say squish it, squish it. Are you squishing it? And then they're like, they're like, I'm squishing it. I'm like, I don't see you squishing it. I argue with kids all day. Well, because they sometimes they're like overly do it and they're like, and their lips are like touching their nose. So I'm like, ooh, not that much, you know? So I want, we're, again, work smarter, not harder. Right, so they just need that slight little sound. And I don't know, I felt like the kids did great today and the parents can hear in the waiting room and I felt like they were all pretty impressed. Yeah. Well, that, those are our tips, and uh, we want to say uh, either Happy Speech and Hearing Month or Happy Better, no, either Happy Better Speech and Hearing Month or Happy Better Hearing and Speech Month. Right. I thought it was Better Speech and Hearing Month. That's what I thought, too, but I am seeing the BHSM. Did you check the magazine to see if they have switched it? Um, no. Well, let's go get it out of the recycling. <laughs> I still have it. I <laughs> well, I mean mine right here Oh, okay. in my apartment. And, uh, yeah, that's it for SLP's Y and Cheese. We recommend this Pinot Grigio. We'll take a picture of it and put it on uh, a future website that we have not made well, we're yet. we put it on our own personal slash professional Instagram. Maybe pages. we should make a SLP Wine and Cheese Instagram. We could do that. I feel like okay. that's about very overwhelming, but I could do that. I don't think it's overwhelming. It's not. No, not. you know, anxiety happens when you think you have to do everything right wow. now. Wow. I like that. Mm hmm Should we end with that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we don't have to do anything Say right now. Say that one more time. Anxiety happens when you think you have to do everything right now. Except for listen to this podcast. Yeah, you, you should do that. Oh, now. yeah. So, like, if you like our podcast, definitely the best thing you can do for us is just, you know, tell your friends. Okay, and yeah. thank you for listening. And I guess we have more stories coming up in our yeah, next podcast. We didn't even get to all of them now. Yeah. <laughs> okay, bye now. Bye. Where's my mouse? How do we end it?